Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that has taken the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Do you like supporting your favorite athletes through NIL? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you an opportunity to do that. They have posters and merchandise of your favorite athletes from your favorite schools. Right here in my podcast room, I got LSU, Wake Forest, Tennessee, Arkansas, we got baseball, we got gymnastics, they got it all. So check out the athletic collection online today. Good morning. This is uh, evening, actually. We're we're getting later on in the evening. This is Dennis Metters at Metters Dennis or aka Bomb Squad on X. Uh, I'm your host of Omaha's by Fireside podcast. Uh, this evening we're stepping away from the Razorbacks a little bit. Uh, the other evening when we had our we sat down with Parker Rowland and his family. Uh, afterwards, I, I noticed some tweets on Twitter, uh, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they were referencing a hashtag, keep your fork. Uh, I inquired into this, and that leads us to tonight's little chat and little interview uh, with Matt Parker. Uh, for those that don't know Matt, he's currently the recruiting coordinator at Texas A&M University Corpus Christi. Uh, we're going to get into Matt's story and, and learn about his background. Uh, we're going to talk to him about some of the guys he's worked with and coached in the past. And then we're going to get Matt's story on keep your fork. Uh, after I saw this on, on X the other night, uh, I reached out to Matt and I asked him the story behind that, what the, what it meant. Uh, it ended up with about an hour long phone call and the, the story really hit me and grabbed me. And I thought, this is something folks needed to hear about. Uh, so we're going to get into this, uh, folks. Pull up a seat, reach into the cooler, grab a glass of iced tea, and, and let's sit back and let's get chat with Matt Parker and, and learn his story. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us and being here with us this evening. Yeah, Dennis, I appreciate you having me and, and letting me come on and, and talk for a minute. Uh, so, Matt, tell us a little bit about where you come from, uh, where you grew up. Uh, where you've been, a little bit of your coaching background, your family background. Uh, let us get to know you a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of a small world, you know, uh, uh, deal in, in the sense I'm actually originally from uh, Searcy, Arkansas, uh, born and raised, uh, graduated from Searcy High School, uh, went to Lyon College in, there in Batesville and played four years there, um, left there in 2005, uh, straight to Henderson State to to uh, be a graduate assistant, uh, to get them to, to get my master's degree there. So, uh, worked one year, uh, there for, for John Harvey, uh, who's now at Arkansas Monticello, uh, as the head guy, but, uh, worked, worked for John for one year there. Um, went coach summer ball in Chillicothe, Missouri, uh, with the Chillicothe Mudcats and kind of through that, uh, was coaching some guys that were from Garden City Community College out in, in Garden City, Kansas and the Jayhawk League. And, um, they had an infield job come open. And so, um, spent the one year, like I said, at Henderson state and then, um, took the, the kind of the second assistant job out at, at garden city, um, and, and spent, uh, two years. So the seven and eight seasons, uh, out at garden city community college, uh, there. And you know how baseball is, man, you just kind of, um, you know, you meet this guy and then that guy and this person knows that person and, uh, long story short, uh, the, the pitching coach that I was working with at Garden City uh, at the time, Ryan Sawyers, had a friend that was was uh, the pitching coach at Creighton University at the time, Rob Smith. And 
Rob knew a guy that, that needed a, a recruiting uh, coordinator and so kind of hooked me up. So then I, I after two years at Garden City, I went uh, to California Baptist University out on the West Coast there in Riverside and uh, spent three years working um, underneath Gary Adcock. Uh, so the 9, 10, and 11 seasons um, there at California Baptist and, um, you know, got to, got to see West Coast baseball and recruit that side of the country and, you know, uh, just, just kind of what that was like and, and make those connections. And then um, had the opportunity to, to leave after the, the 12 season uh, to get a little closer to home um, uh, and took the head coaching job at, uh, at Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, University just north of Tulsa in, in Bartlesville. And uh, so was the head coach there for, uh, geez, I guess seven years, uh, 2013 season to the, uh, I guess through the, the, the 18 season um you know there as the as the head coach and uh was fortunate to be around some really good players and some good teams um uh, uh had the chance to to leave there um and and became the the athletic director and head coach at, at eastern oklahoma state the junior college there uh in wilburton and and so uh did that uh i guess i was there for four years um there left in the uh 22 season right after the 22 season um Got the phone call from from Scott Malone, the head coach here at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and uh, we talked about some players at first, and uh, then you know, kind of a day or so later, he called back like, "Hey, we actually have a job open, and would you be interested in that?" And so, uh, was fortunate enough that uh, you know he gave me the opportunity to come here and uh, be the recruiting coordinator and kind of get my my foot in the door at the Division One level, and uh, so just finished the the twenty three season uh, last year, and then I'll obviously uh, I guess in two days or three days. Uh, we'll, we'll open up year number two, uh, you know, here at, at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So um, it's kind of been a quick trip around the world, uh, <laughs> you know, from uh, graduating college in 05 to, you know, I guess 2024. And, and I've been around a little farther away from home again. But, uh, you know, uh, been fortunate enough, my wife, uh, you know, Lindsay is, is actually from McCrory, Arkansas as well. And uh, you know, I've joked uh, in our first five years of marriage, uh, we lived in Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, California, and Oklahoma, uh, just in that, that kind of moving around and, and getting settled before, um, you know, settling into to Oklahoma there for, for 11 years. And I've joked that uh, she either really, really loves me or uh, she's not very smart uh, to follow me around that much. And, uh, I don't need anybody telling her any different, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that she really loves me on that, but um, you know, been fortunate to, uh, uh, to, to move and, and be able to do that. And obviously lucky to be here, um, you know, in the, uh, little warmer, uh, climate, uh, a little nicer weather, a little easier to coach baseball outside some days when it's early February for sure. Yeah. You won't have to worry about coaching in 40 degree weather opening weekend. Like we'll have no, here. Sir, not at all. I, uh, it's a great decision. Whenever I, <laughs> I look at that weather app, I, it's a great decision to, to move to Corpus. Now, all this coaching work, which is demanding quite a bit of your time, plus husband, plus you're balancing being a father as well. Uh, I, and, and not just to one, but but to twins. Two, man. I, yeah, I told you, you know, before we started recording, I, you know, uh, hit the jackpot. Uh, my, you know, Lindsay and I couldn't couldn't have kids, uh, you know, uh, you know, biological children of our own. And so uh, kind of went the adoption route and thought about a lot of things and prayed about a lot of things. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, an adoption, there's, there's a lot of things that you can, you know, agree to as far as, 
you know, different maybe medical conditions or things like that, um, you know, and, um, you know, uh, we thought, thought about this and prayed about that. And, you know, what about this? My wife's an ER nurse. So we felt like there were certain medical, you know, things that, that maybe we could handle that maybe, uh, uh, another couple couldn't handle or whatever. And we got to the part where my wife said, well, what about multiples? You know, and I'm just a baseball coach. So, you know, I thought we were doing different things. I said, well, what's multiples? You know, and it dawned on me what she meant. And I said, like, like twins. And she said, well, anything more than one would be a multiple. Uh, and, you know, and I laughed and I said, sure. And she said, like, well, don't you think we ought to pray about that or think about that a little bit more? And I said, like, no, you realize, like, I mean, what are the odds of that? Just check the box. Like, it's fine. Um, apparently the odds were pretty good, uh, you know, uh, that, that it would happen. And so uh, we, we did. We have Cortland uh, and Charlie, um, you know, boy and a girl. Uh, so. Uh, on top of everything else, um, you know, twin six-year-olds will keep you busy. Uh, we, uh, I had to go at 8.30 tonight with you uh, because we had Valentine's boxes to get done and, you know, and get, get that taken care of. So we're, uh, we're ready for tomorrow. We're, we're, we're up and ready. I was doing that with, the, with two of my grandkids earlier, helping them get their, their uh, Valentine's boxes. And, and I guess that gives different meaning to, to let's play too. So, uh yeah, that definitely. I can see we're having two kids at a time at, at the same time. Mr. Dennis, I, I think it. I can't uh, hear you. Am I losing you? Nope, oh, I got you back there. All right. Yeah, uh, gives different meaning to let's play two, doesn't it? <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. You, yeah, I tell you what, I, you know, that's what I tell everybody. Like, uh, you know, I've got one that wants to wrestle all the time, uh, and then one that I, man, I have dressed uh, baby dolls and you know, fed them and changed diapers. And I'm, I'm pretty good at, uh, at, at wrestling with one hand and, and dressing baby dolls with another. It being a parent offers a different challenge every single day. And I couldn't imagine between me and my wife, we've got five daughters. Luckily enough, there's enough difference in their ages. I couldn't imagine having both of them go through all the same things at the same time. All at once. So, Whew. Right now, we're our big our big fight is our daughter Charlie has lost like five teeth, something like that, and our son doesn't understand why he doesn't even have a loose <laughs> tooth. So trying to keep him from like, well, I'll just make it loose, and it's like, no, 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 we don't. That's yeah, they'll just wait. Uh, so luckily, the tooth fairy's been nice enough to bring enough money to share. Uh, so that way, we we've fought that battle already. So uh, yeah, it's it's a different challenge for sure. Now, and I know there's going to be some some names that that Razorback fans recognize through through your coaching travels. Who are who are some of the guys that went from JUCO to the D1 level or went from JUCO to the pro level? Uh, who are some of the guys you've worked with and coached in the past? Yeah, I, you know, fortunate enough, uh, obviously during my time, uh, both both um, at Oklahoma Wesleyan and and at Eastern Oklahoma State, but uh, most of those guys at, at Eastern Oklahoma State, obviously leaving. Uh, junior college and, and and trying to to play at the division one level um you know the, the easy ones that that everybody would would know would be uh, you know parker Rowland, obviously and and cody frank uh you know both uh both were eastern guys that that uh, played for us there and um you know just off of um like last year's world series team um at oral roberts uh, jonah cox um uh, mac mccroskey uh played shortstop there and then dalton Patton. Uh, pitched out of the pen uh, for those guys there. And um, uh, obviously last year as well, uh, Nate Ackenhausen, uh, the left-handed arm down at LSU. Um, 
uh, was an Eastern guy um, the previous year uh, at, at, at the University of Oklahoma in the, in the College World Series was David Sandlin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, David's now with the Royals, um, you know, um, on that same staff with, with David uh, before he left and went to Oklahoma. Um, you know, we had Christian McGowan who um, signed with the Phillies out of, out of Eastern. And then uh, Andrew Walling actually left, uh, was a left-handed arm um, that went to Mississippi State. Uh, before signing with the Phillies, so um, that's kind of the the, the local um, you know guys in and around our area that uh, you know that, that we may know. Um, you know, we we've had several others go on and play at, at different places, and you know, uh, back on the West Coast and different different places there. But uh, uh, those are kind of the, the the more of the Midwest or or, or Southern Division One guys that that maybe uh, people would recognize in in, in that general area. And in talking to to the guys that come from the JUCO ranks, guys like Parker and and Nate, and then of course a guy like Jalen Battles that we had a couple years ago, uh, Matt Goodhart, Brady Slavens, all, all those guys say the same thing. You learn things and you go through things at the JUCO level that does more for your character, your work ethic, just develop you as a ball player that you're not going to get and you're not going to see like a kid going straight from high school into a D one program. Uh, and, and every one of them that I've ever talked to has told me the same thing. Uh, what is it you guys, and I'm sure it's you guys have to try to do more with less at the JUCO level than you do at a program, Arkansas or LSU or Oklahoma. Sure. And that's, you know, one of the big things like, you know, obviously, we 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 kind of made it a little bit of a joke during our time there at Eastern Oklahoma State. Was, you know, uh, we're in Wilberton, Oklahoma, and you know, there's a lot of people that don't even know where that is, and you know, you kind of tell them like, we well, you know where McAllister is, and then you know, you kind of go from there, and uh, people get there and they kind of look around, and they give you the like, well, hey, what's there to do here? Uh, you know, and our our general answer was nothing, uh, but play baseball and go to school, and if you do those two things right, you can kind of pick your next place. You know, you can you can say yes or no to to a lot of places and a lot of opportunities. And, um, you know, we were in such a unique spot there, um, you know, that, um, you know, there's there's so many distractions and not, I wouldn't call them distractions, just so many other opportunities and things to do it at bigger schools. You know, at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, uh, I mean, obviously we're in South Texas, right on the coastal bend. And, uh, you know, the, the really from about anywhere you are in Corpus Christi, you're, you're no more than about 10 minutes from the beach. Uh, you know, from our baseball field at, at, at Corpus Christi. I mean, you know, if you just go over the left field wall and down the hill and you can stand in the, in the water, uh, I mean, it's literally right there. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's more uh, things in, in a bigger town and things like that. And so, um, you know, I, I think we, we were, you know, some people would think it's a, a curse to be in the small town, but I think for the right, you know, those junior college guys that show up that are looking for, Hey man, I need to prove this, and I need to work, and I need to get better. And you know, uh, when they do their time right in junior college, um, you know, I think it can be special for them um, because they there there aren't a lot of those distractions. There aren't a lot of other things to do. There aren't a lot of uh, like I said, other than than going to school and making sure hey we're on track academically and um, being better at baseball. There's really not a whole lot uh, else to do. And for the right uh, people, uh, it's heaven. Uh, it is the best thing there uh, for somebody that wants other things like, you know, it probably is a bad deal 
Um, you know, but but those guys, and I think you can look around, you know, at, at just how many junior college players are in Division One baseball and how successful they are when they get there. That ultimately they are ready to go when they get there uh, because of their time in junior college. Yeah, they're they're usually the the one. And no knock against guys straight out of high school because we've had some great ones that come straight out of high school. But there just seems to be a different way the guys that come from JUCO carry themselves. Sure. Uh, you can tell they've been somewhere and they've seen something, and it, it's a lot of fun to watch those guys play. Yes, sir. There's a confidence with those guys for sure because they they're not worried about it. You know, they they've they've had 200 at bats. Uh, you know, where they've they've thrown you know, whatever, 75 or, eight, or 100 innings, like they're they're ready, you know, there, there is no, you know, well, can I do it? They feel like they've already done it. Now it's just a different stage to do it on. So getting to the other night, uh, we talked and you told me this story about an email you, you received. Uh, and let's go through that and, and tell us the story behind Keep Your Fork. Yeah, I... Um, you know, it, you know, it's funny the number of times I, I told you whenever you, uh, you know, I just, I just, you know, quoted on, you know, commented on, on Parker's interview and, uh, you know, being proud of him and, and obviously, you know, what a great family uh, he comes from and uh, just what a good interview that was. And, you know, I think I just, Hey man, like uh, proud of you kind of thing. And, uh, you know, gave the hashtag keep your fork and, you know, then I open uh, X up a little bit later on and you're asking, you know, hey, like, what's the story on that? And, you know, I, I hey, you can send me a message and, and I can call you or whatever, but uh, it's not something I can answer uh, on Twitter or X. Like, it's, it's definitely it's not 140 characters. Like, uh, let, let just see, so you know, and, and, you know, you you sent your number. So we talked and, um, you know, it's funny the number of times that that, that I do get asked that question and, you know, Hey, what's, what's, what's the deal with the fork or, you know, uh, guys who, who have played for us and been through that or whatever that have, that have asked, you know, been asked those questions or whatever. And so, um, you know, it, it, it all started with, um, my dad actually forwarded me an email that, um, he was just going through, uh, things and, and forwarded it. And I was, you know, clicking through and I, I happened to click on it. It was a story and I probably got it in 2000, 13 during the spring, something like that. And, um, you know, I, I opened the email and it was just, it was almost like, um, you know, one of those uh, chicken soup for your soul type uh, stories or whatever, um, you know, that said, keep your fork. And so I, I started reading it and, uh, you know, thought, hey man, like, okay, that's at the time I was working at Oklahoma Wesleyan and uh, well, obviously a, a, a private Christian university where, uh, hey, we can um, maybe uh, share you know, faith and, and, and kind of talk about that a little more openly, uh, you know, and so, uh, hey, that's a good story. And um, then it kind of just, you know, we used it for, for, for that side of our lives, but then also it kind of morphed into a baseball thing. And uh, I, honestly, it's just, it, it's kind of taken on a life of its own and uh, it, it's pretty unique, but the story goes, you know, when I opened the email, uh, you know, I started reading it and, you know, when, when I first start telling the story, everybody always kind of looks at me like, what is, is he going down the right path here? What are we talking about? And it's like, well, just hang with me. Let me get to the end and uh, I'll bring it back home for you. But uh, the story goes, essentially, it started with a, um, a young lady, um, you know, that, that ultimately had terminal cancer, um, knew she was going to pass away, um, was actually meeting with the pastor uh, to kind of plan her uh, her, her service, you know, and, and last wishes and things like that. And so they'd gone over, you know, this song and that song, and we want this to happen. And, 
you know, and everything there. And obviously the pastor was, um, you know, it was, it was getting time for him to go. They'd kind of done everything and he was kind of wrapping up, you know, everything. And obviously sad because he knew this was probably the last time that he would, uh, you know, see her alive. And uh, as he kind of got up to, to go or whatever, she said, oh, one other thing. And um, he said, yeah, anything. And, you know, she handed him just a, a, a fork. And she said, hey, I, you know, it's going to be an open casket like we discussed. I would like to have, um, you know, I'd like to be buried with this um, fork in my hand, um, you know, and, and he kind of had that, uh, um, you know, look as far as like, um, you know, hey, what, what, you know, and she said, hey, I, I know that's, you know, weird. And again, he was like, hey, it's no, it's whatever you want. And she said, well, I, you know, it's going to be open casket. They're going to see this fork in my hand and you know, undoubtedly somebody's going to, they're going to be asking like, well, Hey, what's the deal with the fork? Um, you know, and so, um, you know, I would like to, um, you know, tell them the story, uh, you know, that, uh, I, I remember when I was a young girl going to my, my, my grandmother's house or whatever. And, you know, we would have all these, um, you know, uh, dinners, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, a Christmas dinner, whatever it is. Um, hold on just a second there. <laughs> Sorry. One of the um, six-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, they sneaking out of here. So uh, turning everything on. That was the vacuum that came on there. So, uh, but it's one of those where, uh, you know, hey, when I would go to my my um, grandmother's dinner or whatever, like undoubtedly, like you know, we would have uh, different you know plates come through, and and grandma would always stop, and you know, she would take this plate away from me, um, you know, and and would ask like, hey, do you want to keep your fork? You know, and I, you know, as I read that story, that's, I don't know how it is that everybody else's. That's how it was in my grandma. I was like, grandma doesn't mind washing 10 plates, but we're only washing one fork. Uh, you know, we're, we're not, we're not using a bunch of uh, utensils out of the deal. And so, you know, but she said undoubtedly, like, I mean, she would bring me another plate and I would eat, you know, whatever. And then, you know, somebody would come along and, you know, Hey, like, do you want this or that? And, you know, yeah, well, Hey, do you want to keep your fork? And she said, ultimately, like, I, I want you to tell them that like, I kept my fork and, I knew that that was important because if I just kept my fork long enough at grandma's house with, with the, the, the meals or whatever, that eventually I would get to dessert. You know, I would get to the, the chocolate cake that I really liked that my grandmother made or, uh, you know, whatever there that I, I would make it to, uh, to dessert. Um, and she said, now I want you to tell the, the people that are at my uh, funeral that, you know, I've, I've made it to dessert. You know, I've made it to heaven. I've, I've lived my life well. Uh, I've, I've done everything I was supposed to do. Um, you know, I have now, I'm now enjoying, uh, dessert, you know, I, I am in heaven. And so I read that, uh, story and, you know, and, and obviously the, the, the pastor obviously, you know, has tears in his eyes because he realizes that this young lady has figured out what a lot of us will never figure out, you know, that how fortunate we are and, uh, uh, you know, in our lives and things like that. So, um, you know, and, and she just, you know, she said, Hey, I want you to remind people that like, you know, if you keep your fork that, you know, the best is yet to come that, you know, you have to continue to do, do what's right. And ultimately you'll, you'll reap the reward when it's time. And um, so obviously he, uh, you know, man, those, those wishes, you know, and, and, and I'll certainly do that for you. And um, so I read that story, um, you know, Hey, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that, that, you know, I think that brings a lot home for, you know, 18 to 22 year old guys, you know, I think that, you know, you can show them something and, so, I, you know, my dad sends me that email. I, I print that like, hey, that's good. Like, you know, we'll use that and we can talk about the, the Christian aspect of our lives and um, how we influence people. And, you know, and, and again, we do have to keep our fork. You know, we have to continue to do, you know, all these things. And, uh, you know, if we do all of this right, then, uh, you know, uh, uh, ultimately, uh, you know, we will have that opportunity to uh, to have dessert, to go to heaven. And uh, so I thought, hey, man, I'm going to keep that and use that and share that with our team. And, you uh, 
then the more I thought about it, you know, uh, I got to thinking like, you know, hey, I think I can turn that into a baseball thing on top of, um, you know, obviously the, the you know, the, the, the obvious part of our, our, our Christian walk. Um, and so then we started, you know, we talked to our team the next year in the fall of 13 about it. And, um, you know, kind of just we, we talked about how the Christian aspect of our life and how that, you know, works and how that's going to be, uh, you know, we can talk to people about it and it opens the door to uh, share our faith and do those things. But, you know, hey, now also like on the baseball side of things, let's talk about that and let's, you know, hey, um, you know, fall practice, like, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach, right? So I'm supposed to tell everybody fall practice is awesome and we love it and it's, you know, well, in the grand scheme of things, like fall practice is long and it's hot and it's hard and it's difficult. And, you know, uh, sure, I, coaches are just like players. Like we would love to skip ahead to, you know, February the 16th uh, opening day. Uh, hopefully as coaches, we're smart enough to know that we can't skip ahead to February the 16th because we're not ready if we don't do fall right and we don't do the weight room right and we don't do, uh, you know, the guys don't go home and work over Christmas break on their own and uh, do all those things. So hopefully as coaches, we do a good job of like not letting them skip ahead and not letting them hit the fast forward button. Uh, but that's what we talked about was that, you know, hey, like, um, you know, uh, yes, in your life, you do have to keep your fork and the best is yet to come. But you have to continue to work and you have to continue to do those things. Well, also in your in your baseball career, uh, in your baseball, you know, season or career or whatever, you know, hey, man, like um, the fall is hard. Like it's kind of like eating your vegetables. Uh, no one really likes that part. Like we want to <laughs> skip that part. But you know what? You got to you got to do that part uh, and you got to do it right. You can't just, you know, kind of do it halfway, um, you know, and then, and then you got to be good in the weight room. Um, same thing over Christmas break. You got to be good at Christmas break. And you know, then you got to have a good January. Uh, you know, and then then you finally get to the season of of all right, like this is what we're working for. It's almost like this is the main course. Uh, you know, this is this is the meat and potatoes of of uh, you know of the meal. Here is the is the season, and you know what? Like it's going to have ups and downs, and at some point there's going to be something on that plate you don't really like. Uh, you don't get to just rake it off on the floor. You got it. You got to do that too, um, and you got to work. And so we kind of used it as a timeline for our teams and and you know and, and our guys and trying to like. Uh, keep them focused on, you know, today is the most important day. And, you know, we got to do the work today, you know, and then when today's over with, we don't get it back. Now we got to go tomorrow and we got to do the best we can tomorrow. Uh, you know, and um, we do have to keep our fork uh, every single day. You know, every day is, is another plate. Like, hey, do you want to keep your fork? And if you do, like, you know, if you work hard enough and you work long enough and you work smart enough, eventually we'll get to dessert. Um and so then we always felt like the postseason was, um, you know, was our, our dessert, um, you know. And so we would do, you know, little things like, um, you know, hey, if we were able to win the, the regular season um, championship, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, conference championship, then, you know, hey, we gave them a fork and, you know, uh, like a little piece of cake. And usually it was uh, cheaper cake. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was we had, we had to start small. Uh, and then, then you get to the conference tournament. And, well, hey, if we're able to, you know, to win that one. Well, hey, like, hey, man, you already got your fork, so let's, you know, let's keep your fork. And, you know, now the cake got a little nicer, uh, you know, and usually it was uh, some kind of um, cookie cake or some kind of ice cream cake or, you know, was, and the pieces got a little bigger. Uh, you know, and if you're fortunate enough to win that conference, then, you know, hey, is there a regional tournament or a district tournament or depending on what level you play at? Like, but again, every step of the way, the cake got a little nicer, uh, you know, it got a little bigger. Uh, but again, we kept reminding them that you had to keep your fork um to be able to get to that part you had to be able to, to do what was right um you know to be able to to earn that and 
So, you know, hey, uh, Dennis, we we tried to, you know, turn it into a baseball thing. And, you know, I, I told you the other night, like, man, I was just a coach trying to to use it to win a few uh, a few baseball games and keep 18 to 22 year olds motivated. And, you know, we gave them all bracelets, uh, you know, different different teams had different colors. And, you know, it says keep your fork and it's got a, um, you know, a, a fork on it. And uh, we, we gave them those to try to kind of remind them that, you know, hey, man, the best is yet to come, but you got to keep doing the work and you have to keep going. And, you know, it's almost like they had to wear it every day. So they had to see it every single day. That um, So, again, we were just trying to use it as a, you know, a, a, a cool story to, to, you know, open a few doors to be able to talk about the Christian side of our lives, but then also, uh, you know, um, try to motivate them to win baseball games. And, you know, I told you the other night, man, it, it it's kind of taken a life of its own, um, you know, from – you know, uh, guys that that now are all over the country, you know, still playing, that are still wearing the bracelets. Uh, you know that that uh, you know uh, still still at times they'll they'll text me. You know when uh, when my wife and I went through the adoption process, I, I think we talked about my two were adopted, and uh, when we went through the adoption process, and you know that was obviously a, a, a difficult time and was a little bit of a roller coaster at times on this or that. And you know I, I had older players that had, had had you know gone through it that would text me, you know, hey, keep your fork. And I knew exactly what that meant. You know, I knew that like, well, hey, man, the best is yet to come. Like, it, you know, it, it may be hard right now, but if I continue to do what's right and continue to act right and continue to uh, to live my life the right way that, you know, hey, uh, the best is yet to come and, and good things will happen to me. And, um, you know, we've had a player before, you know, I told you the other night we had a player that, uh, you know, had cancer, uh, you know, was, was ready for his senior year. Um, basically that summer found out he had cancer, uh, took a year off, uh, beats cancer, uh, which to no surprise to anybody that knew him, um, you know, one of the things he told me, uh, you know, I went and saw him a few different times in, in, in Los Angeles while he was taking treatments and things. And, you know, he, he, he tried to convince me that like, you know, Hey coach, like, you know, one of the things that got me through cancer was, you know, I kept my fork and I'm going to keep my fork and I'm going to, no, man, like you beat cancer because you're meaner than that and tougher than that. And, you know, but but he thought that like reminding himself to keep his fork, like, you know, got him through that tough day of, of you know, uh, whatever treatment he had or, uh, you know, things like that. I mean, you know, guys that are married now, uh, you know, with with kids or whatever, I mean, that, they'll talk about things that go on in their life that, you know, hey, I, you know, I got to keep my fork. You know, they'll send me a message or, you know, I talked to one of our former players today, actually. And, um, you know, instead of saying bye uh, at the end, he actually told me, like, hey, keep your fork. You know, and I laughed because I, you know, to anybody else, you say that and they're like, what did he, what is wrong with, did he just say what? Uh, and to us, you know, we kind of laugh and like, yeah, okay. Like, I know what that means. Like, hey man, I got to continue to do what's right. And, um, you know, if I, I keep my fork long enough, good things will happen to me. And, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a cool story that, like I said, we were, we were trying to, to win baseball games, um, you know, and now I think I told you there's five or six, maybe even a few more than that, former players that have four tattoos. Uh, so I've had a few of their mamas reach out to me about, you know, Hey, he has a tattoo of a fork now. And hey, I, I have no tattoos. I did not condone that. I, I did not, I did not tell them to do that, but, um, you know, cool that they, um, you know, that, that it meant enough to them, uh, that they would, uh, want to keep that, that message with them. And, uh, I think we've been pretty fortunate that, that it, that it has helped, um, obviously me, uh, in my life, but, uh, and, and sure our teams, you know, and all that, but, uh, I think um, just people in general, you know, hear that. And uh, I've been able to share that story, you know, several times with people. And 
I know that our former players have shared that story with people. And, you know, I've had other people reach out to me and go like, Hey, I heard the story from so-and-so like, man, that's awesome. Like, you know, uh, can I have a bracelet? Um, the answer is no. Um, this is the you know, part that I really have bracelets for people that played for us. Um, my wife does not have a bracelet. Um, she's mad about that. Uh, she says she's put up with me enough to, to get a bracelet. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is a cool story that hopefully has uh, resonated with some people and, um, you know, sure, you know, help them through the good times. But, you know, hey, when the when the when when it does get tough, you know, when when a guy has an injury, you know, we hope that like, you know, hey, man, they, they do lean back on like, man, man, all right, this this stinks. But you know what? Like the best is yet to come. I've got to keep my for today. Today in my rehab is the most important day, you know, and I've got to do rehab right, because if I don't do rehab right, I don't get to have the success down the road. I don't get to to come back from whatever injury it was. I don't get to be the same player and I don't get to to do that. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully those guys that that, uh, that that play for us and all that stuff, hopefully they uh, hopefully it means something to them. Hopefully they know that that, that I love them, uh, you know, and uh, that ultimately like I would do anything in the world for them. But, uh, you know, man, it was uh, I don't think that bracelet's doing it. It doesn't have any special power or anything, but uh, hopefully it does affect their lives and uh, people that hear it. Hopefully it does give them a little bit of like, you know what, man, that that does help me, uh, you know, get through that tough time and, uh, you know, make it through because we all know that, you know, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And, uh, you know, but you sometimes you got to gotta have a little urge to uh, a little nudge to get through the, the tough time. And remember that, you know, you are a tough person that you can do it. Yeah. And with all the negative you see out there every single day, I, when you told me this story the other night, I, my first thought, this is something so positive and so meaningful. I want I want to get this story out there that gives people something positive to think about. Uh, and the story of your former player with the cancer that that kept that message and it, it, he kept fighting. And if he didn't have that message, I'm not saying he wouldn't have. But what would have been his motivation to keep fighting? Uh, and your guys like, like Nate Altenhausen last night uh, talking to him his his bracelet broke and his mom contacted you yeah. and and you 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 sent him another bracelet and he's already got it on his wrist uh a, a guy like parker we got parker roland here at arkansas and i know you you and him talked last year when he was struggling uh and you told him keep your fork and he never let it go away behind the plate and then this fall and this spring you can see the difference in Parker. So, and you can put it to work in your everyday life as well to, to keep doing, like you said, to keep doing those things each and every day to get where we all want to be at the end of the end of our time. I, I know where I want to be when my life on earth, on earth ends. So I, and of course we, we all fail. We, we all do. Uh, life is about failure. It's how you learn from that failure and, and, get back on the right track so it's that the story your story simply amazed me uh and when we talked the other night when i hung up the phone I, I didn't sleep for a good two hours after that i was just it was just going through my head and i thought this i want to get this story out there and let people hear it because it for me it's so uplifting and it's so positive in in a world where we see so much negative every day. Uh, 
And yeah, we've been fortunate. I mean, yeah, and it carries so much. You know, it's funny, like our guys, you know, that that know the story and that go through it. Like it's, it carries so much. You know, it's funny. It's like you can almost use keep your fork to end the conversation. You can use keep your fork to start a conversation. Like sometimes it is the only conversation. You know, like guys have have injuries. I mean, obviously, you know, Cody last year with with you know with his injury and um, you know, obviously, what do you say? Um, you know, in that spot, I mean, there's nothing that you can say to a guy that, that, that has been injured, um, you know, that, that you're unsure about what the future looks like exactly. I mean, just, is it, is it day to day? Is it going to be the rest of the season? You know, that kind of thing. And I think I actually just texted Cody, keep your fork. That's it. Like there's no, I don't I need to, I mean, and I think that was, yeah, I think he nodded his head. Like, you know, he sent back like, thanks. Like, uh, always, you know, because, Hey man, like he knew, like whatever it is, if it's day to day, great, he'll be back, you know, tomorrow. If it's not day to day, like okay, like keep your fork. Like it, 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 the best is yet to come. Like whatever that best is, uh, it'll eventually work its way out. Um, you know, and and um, you know, I, I, like I said, it, it's kind of funny that you know three words have turned into, um, you know, just just what it has been, and uh, we've been fortunate, like I said, that it's that it has affected so many people. Uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, hopefully it trickles down into their families, you know, not only just, you know, Hey, that man, they picked it up at baseball, but you know, does it, does it help their family? You know, again, when they're, their dads, you know, or, 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 you know, uh, spouses like, Hey man, do they share that story? And then it gets passed down and does it, does it help a generation, you know, somewhere down the road, somebody else that we don't even know yet. Uh, because I truly do believe, I mean, I, I'm fortunate. I, I coach college baseball for a living. Um, you know, I, I, I joke that I've never had a real job. Uh, you know, it's a pretty good deal, uh, you know, that, that they let me coach college baseball, uh, you know, every day. And, um, I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, it, it's I've been pretty lucky, uh, you know, and, and like you said, I think we all know where we want to end up, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, I'm going to be judged on you know, how many people I influenced and helped uh, through their lives and um, things like that, not how many wins I had. Uh, you know, or like, well, hey, man, that guy could really hit after he played there. Or that guy really learned to pitch or, you know, I, I don't think that's, you know, I think there's probably better coaches in heaven than me. Uh, I don't think I don't think my resume is going to get me in there. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, how did we help people? And, and sure, I want to help them win baseball games and, and be better baseball players. That's what I do, uh, you know, but but in the grand scheme of, of what I do, hey, man, I, I hope that, you know, what I do is is something that really affects you know, those people and, and helps them become better, better people, husbands, dads, employees, employers, um, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was fortunate to, to have that in my life and, and coaches that, that uh, helped me get to where I am and, and, you know, people that, uh, you know, had messages that I, I passed along and, you know, just, just lucky that, that that story hit and that it, we were able to turn it into something. And like I said, it started out, I was 29 or 30 years old when I started using the, the story kind of thing. And, like I said, I was just trying to win baseball games. Uh, you know, that was kind of all we were really <laughs> trying to do with it. And here I am at 41, you know, going, hey, man, like, it's actually a lot more than winning baseball games. Uh, it's actually, you know, it's helped uh, myself, but also a lot of people, I hope, uh, kind of get through that tough time for sure. Well, we sure appreciate you sharing that story, Matt. And uh, re really, uh, the people that do listen, listen to the story, take it to heart and and walk away from it with, with with something positive and and me myself i know i'm going to try to apply it to my life 
I, I think it's something amazing. So really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on and share it. And, and, you know, like I said, if it gets one more person, then, you know, Hey man, it was, it was meant to be, and it was well worth it for sure. Yeah. And, and I can speak to the two young men that, that, that I know that you've influenced, that you've been a positive influence on their lives. So, uh, Parker spoke very highly of you the other night. Whenever we, I don't know if you went back and watched the podcast have, with him, but he, he he spoke very highly of you. And so keep doing what you're doing, Matt, and keep influencing those young men that come come into your care. For I know it may be a short window, but keep being a positive influence in their lives and, and growing not just baseball players, but but great young men as well. Uh, I certainly will. I appreciate it. And we'll definitely keep in touch. Uh, uh, I'll be reaching out to you throughout the season and uh, I'm sure I'll throw you a message sometime. Just I'll, I'll throw them three simple words to you. Keep your four. Deal. I'll know what it means for sure. <laughs> uh, appreciate it, Matt. And you have a great evening. Uh, go enjoy the rest of the evening with you, with your wife and those two kids. Uh, and best of luck to, to your team, Texas A&M Corpus Christi going into 2024. Uh, hope you guys have a successful season. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mr. Dennis. All right, and we thank everybody for joining us this evening. Uh, we're two days away, two more sleeps, and baseball season's on us. Uh, we'll see everybody at Bomb Stadium or, or wherever you're going to watch baseball this year. Uh, have an amazing season, and as Matt Parker would say, keep your fork. Have a great night, everybody.